Hello, hello, and welcome to Talk Me to the Movies. I'm Brenna. And I'm Kara. And today we have a very special, super exciting episode planned for you all because we are talking about someone we both love and adore, greatly respect in the cinema world. And that is actress, writer, director, extraordinaire, Greta Gerwig. Woo! I, I can see you via Zoom right now. Why aren't you wearing your Greta Gerwig t-shirt for this episode? <laughs> you know what? I literally was just thinking the same thing. Man. I, I think I was going to change at some point today because I have on just like this really comfy dress that's basically like a just like a beach dress. <laughs> I was like, oh, that looks comfortable. But then I meant to change and I forgot. And I feel like I'm not putting forth the right kind of vibes. <laughs> It's all right. We'll do another Greta episode in the future and you can wear it. That's true. Yeah. I love that. More excuses to talk about Greta and her work. <laughs> then hopefully she'll come up, come out with something soon, something new we can talk about too, which would be great. Oh, yeah. I've heard rumors of what that might be, but I don't think it's Ooh. ever been confirmed. What? I don't even know. What is it? There's been, at, at least at the award season last year, there was a lot of buzz around her and Noah Baumbach doing a Barbie movie together. Oh, yes. Yes. That um, is supposed to have um, Margot Robbie. In oh, it, yes, right? that's right. I forgot about that part. Yes. So then I think it is legit then if she's already assigned to it. <laughs> when I first heard that, I was like, what? That's just like the Internet's dream that that would happen. But then it started to become more concrete. <laughs> it's on Letterboxd. It's oh, on it? both of our watch. Yeah, it's on both of our watch lists. Oh, <laughs> nice! It's happening. It's but, official. Oh gosh, yeah. Who knows how long we'll have to wait though? What with all the everything being delayed, even the stuff that's done. But it'll be worth it, whenever it is. All right. So we love Greta and her movies so much, but we kind of decided to narrow in on three that we think are kind of at the core of who she is. Um, I mean, that sounds really, I don't know that. I don't know her, but <laughs> at least like the ones that, some of the ones that have made the biggest impact in the movie world. Um, and those are, so it's two movies that she directed. There's only two and one that she stars in and co-wrote. Let's start with Frances Ha. Bombback directed Frances Ha, but she co-wrote the film. And she stars in it. She's the leading role. Oh, man. This movie, I don't know what it is, but it just, I think you saw it before me, right? And you asked me if I'd ever seen it because you had just watched it. And I think I watched it shortly afterwards and just really felt like hugely impacted by it. <laughs> I'm I cannot believe that you hadn't seen this movie before me, if that is true. I think that's what sure? happened. But I might be, you know, I've lost all sense of time with <laughs> with the current situation, but I th I think you saw it first or huh. at least it was maybe close in sync. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny, I guess we should talk about what it's about. I can do yes. I can do a quick little introduction, but yeah. basically it's about a young woman and her best friend who live in New York City. They live in Brooklyn. Um, they're kind of in two different places in life. Uh, one of them 
gets a boyfriend and it gets really serious and she ends up moving out. And Frances is at that time she's working as a, um, she's in a dance company. Um, and she's trying to be, she's trying to be on the travel. I don't know too much about dance. So (laughs) (laughs) me neither. (laughs) She's trying to be like an official, she's like an apprentice in the company and she's trying to officially like get into the company and be a traveling role with this dance company. Um, and things don't go to plan or at least as she wants them to. And she kind of just spirals out of control of like where she's at in life and her relationship with her friend. And it, it really does capture like what it's like to be young and in, in the workforce, like right out mm-hmm. of college. And when you're trying to figure out where you should be and if you're doing the right thing in life. That was a great summary. Thanks. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even write it down. I recently <laughs> watched it. So it was fresh in my mind, but it's funny because the first time I saw it, I was like, yeah, this is great. It's good. I like it. But the second time I watched it, I was like, oh my gosh, like I freaking love this. Like it was a completely different experience the second time I watched it. And I think I just noticed a few more things the second time. Or maybe I'm at a place in life where I'm like thinking about these things. And so it kind of just related. I related differently to it. But I loved it. She's phenomenal as an actress. I'd like to see her in more. She really is. Like, I I feel like that's a big reason why I love this movie so much. It's like definitely up there with my favorite just performances of her. But it's like part of me projects that, oh, she and Frances Ha are like super similar to being the same person, even though I know that they're not. But she just like, there's that whole monologue scene in Frances Ha, the one that's kind of famous for it. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's so heartwarming. And it's like, such a great performance. I was I was doing a little bit of digging back into the history, and I think she was nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah, um, I saw that. In did you 20, see that? Yeah, and I think okay. uh, wait, it wasn't 2017. This was way before that. But yes, I did. I did see that. Okay, I thought I was making it up pretty, for a second. <laughs> she's she's phenomenal. Like she she there's like truly during her performance, like she seems so her character that you're not even questioning if she's acting or not. Yeah, it's so true. She's just so, like, genuine, and it seems sincere. It really does. <laughs> uh, that monologue is that monologue is everything, though. It's that thing when you're with someone, and you love them, and they know it, and they love you, and you know it. I feel like most people who watch it totally get it. <laughs> yes. And I think that's what I didn't understand about the movie the first time that I kind of noticed this time, not to get like too deep into things before we get there, but like, there's a big theme in this of like, that everyone is experiencing things at different times. Mm -hmm. So her friend has a boyfriend that she ends up moving out, moving into a home with or whatever, moving into a home with some girls and she gets engaged to this guy and Francis is at a completely different place in life. But in her quote that she, she talks about like what she wants from love is like to be in a room with someone and make eye contact with them. Then they're kind of in their own separate universe. And that's what she wants out of a relationship. And it made me think a lot about like, maybe that's kind of what not to be really deep, but maybe that's (laughs) what love is sometimes is you and someone else are just at the same place and you happen to collide. 
Yes. Like, for instance, that boy that she's living with has, who's played by, <laughs> I don't know his name, but he's played by um, the guy who also plays in, uh, do you watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. Why did I not make that connection until just now? What is wrong? <laughs> yes. I don't know his he's, real name. I don't either, but he plays Joel in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And he, he totally has a crush on Francis. And she, like, has no earthly idea. Like, she does, she's not seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just such a good depiction of, like, two people being in two different places in life. And at the end, they kind of, not to ruin things, but they kind of, like, start hitting it off. And you're yeah. like, wow, their, their lives just collided. <laughs> I gave myself chills. <laughs> it's so true. Like... Oh man, that ending, I love, well, I guess it's not even really the final scene, but that whole segment you're talking about when they kind of reconnect, I guess just skip ahead a couple minutes if you don't want this movie spoiled for you, but yeah. <laughs> they, they kind of, she and her former roommate kind of reconnect at her uh, show of the dance that she choreographed and like that part is awesome. And then also the part when she does have that moment in the that she's talking about in the monologue but it's with her best friend who's they've kind of been yeah. like you said they're in two different places in life and they that had put some weird tension between them but at the end they've kind of reconciled and they look across the room at each other and smile and oh man both times but especially the first time just like cried so much <laughs> over that because <laughs> i'm a so sucker good. for movies where it's like oh your best friends can be your soulmates too in a different way and Oh, man, I love that. But then I also love the cute real ending with her little name tag in the mailbox that you're like, oh, this is why this movie is called Francis Ha. <laughs> yeah. Because even then, whenever she has her ish together, she doesn't fully have, like, all her ish together, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like things are still messy, but <laughs> she's making, yeah. like, like, little strides, little figuring things out bit by bit. And it's such a great depiction of kind of growing up or people being in different phases of life and what I love about it is that it's a coming of age movie but it's like kind of a different level of it it's more like people going from their 20s into their 30s which I feel like is a really interesting part of life like usually when you think coming of age movie it's like oh kids like graduating high school or you know a bit younger but I just love that they depicted that weird part in your life and you're like okay you feel like you should be an adult like one of my favorite lines in this movie is when she's like I'm so embarrassed I'm not a real person yet (laughs) because she doesn't have a credit card but it's like (laughs) you know that's such a perfect line because like when you're I mean I'm experiencing this now and now I'm in my 30s which freaks me out but it's like (laughs) you know you feel some days you're like oh I'm doing so great my life is together and other days you're just like kind of in this swamp of comparing yourself to the people around you and that probably never really stops in life but I do feel like that 20s 30s is like a really important segment of quote-unquote growing up I guess (laughs) yeah honestly I can't think of like another movie that I've seen at least that does depict that time and it is kind of this like weird like quarter life Mm mm-hmm timeline especially (laughs) nowadays because people aren't living lives the same way that they were like 20 years ago like exactly yeah like a lot of us are just like getting our footing in our careers and yeah all that stuff (laughs) 
Yeah, it's like I feel like this constant tension of getting older, but yet I still I'm still like a beginner in everything I do is also what it feels like. Yeah. Whatever she Yeah, yeah, it is probably a good thing. But like when she has to go back to her college and like oh, I yeah. just like felt for her. I was just like, mm-hmm. man, like but then I that's part one of the main things I love about it too is that she sees her best friend who had all of her stuff together had moved to a different country with her soon-to-be husband and all this stuff she sees her at like this low point and Frances is kind of like in this like growing stage to where she's like feeling really good and she's like I don't know she's just living life differently and you get to see the comparison of their lives so it's it's kind of like a it's okay if things aren't going your way right now because <laughs> in a few months or a year, you'll be good. You're on the yeah. up and up. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, things can change so quickly. And it's like a good reminder of how, like, depending on which part of the spectrum of that you're on with how you're feeling about life at the moment. I love that it kind of, between like Francis and her best friend, Sophie, it kind of reminds them that. All that aside, like, they still had this core bond, like, because they've both experienced being at a high and a low. And even if they're not at it at the same time, like, hopefully that doesn't ruin their relationship, like. Yeah. Or any relationships they have, like, romantically or, you know, whatever it is. But, um, yeah, it's so good. I love that movie. It is good. (laughs) Can we talk? I didn't even notice that Adam Driver was in this the first time I watched it. I don't know how. I but don't know like, how either. <laughs> you're you're my uh, you're the only person I know who loves him as much as I do. <laughs> I know. I don't, maybe I noticed and I just like completely forgot it somehow. But he's so young and so different in this they movie look than how he so normally young. is. Yeah, he looks like everyone looks like a baby in this film. It's so oh weird. yes, and he hasn't played a role where he's just kind of like doofy and like happy in a long time it is almost like he's a different person so I can kind of get that like like oh wait that is him (laughs) but this was only eight years ago and it freaks me out I'm like (laughs) like I'm not trying to like sound rude but like Adam looks like a man now and this one he looks (laughs) I don't know (laughs) like he's got those Kylo Ren muscles (laughs) yes like it's just weird like this is but it's also filmed in black and white and I don't know if that has yes. something to do with it maybe yeah, it maybe. makes people look younger I feel like that's part of I was kind of thinking that that was why I didn't recognize Mr. Maisel when I was yeah. watching it like I didn't even it's like I knew it was someone I recognized but I didn't even think about it like for a second <laughs> what did you think about the black and white I'm just curious because I, w- I forgot it was in black and white until I rewatched yeah. it. And I was like, oh, this is in black and white. <laughs> I actually, especially having seen it twice now, I actually really love that choice. Like, it's it's interesting. I think when we see movies are in black and white, sometimes, at least for me, I'm, I can kind of assume like, okay, there's going to be pretentiousness to this. Like, why does it have to be, especially a modern movie in black and white? Because this yeah. movie is set in modern times. <laughs> um, but I have I have no idea if this is what the point of it was or what they're going for. But why it worked for me is because I feel like this is so cheesy, but I'm going to be cheesy about anybody. It's Greta Gerwig. But <laughs> um, I just feel like Francis's personality is just like so colorful and romantic and like big and cozy and um and so is Greta Gerwig so I love her but um 
I feel like the black and white is a good balance to that. Like you don't miss it. I've, I've watched other movies in black and white where I'm like, okay, everything just feels dull in a way because of this. And especially yeah. in this movie, I would kind of expect that because it's black and white, but it's also kind of like, I don't know what the visual term is, but it's not very like high contrast. It kind of, it's like if it had um, <laughs> like an Instagram filter over it in a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like, I don't know, the, the characters and the story, like you said, I, I didn't miss it. I didn't really think about it once I was in yeah. it. But what did you think about it? I, I think I was just shocked. Like when I went into it, I was like, I don't remember this being like, I watched this like literally in 2019 for the first time. <laughs> and I completely forgot about it. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting like choice. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I, I didn't mind it either. I didn't notice there was a couple times where Frances is at home with her mom and they're like talking about like ornaments that are going on the tree and they keep saying the color of them. I was like, mm. I wonder if they're saying that because it's like not to pay. I don't know. That was oh, a little yeah. distracting to me. They were like, the green about- ballerina. Yes. Yeah. Her mom's like, you were a green girl. And she was like, yes, I was level green. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you just reminded me that this is in black and white. <laughs> yeah. So true. It's like, oh, wait, that's not green. <laughs> Well, and I've also heard that, um, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because I know you lived in New York for a time, but even with like Marriage Story and Noah Baumbach directing this one too, people always talk about how it's so obvious that he loves New York and like hates LA or isn't as in tune with it. And I've heard people say about Frances Hall that like the black and whiteness or just the way that New York is portrayed in this is like super through a lens of somebody who loves it and is kind of like accurately portraying it but did that resonate with you at all yeah on the Brooklyn because most of this is filmed in Brooklyn so it did resonate with me because I remember being at a restaurant and them like only taking cash and (laughs) like you get to see the corner store like corner stores and like the way that people interact as well is like I think really accurate because everyone is kind of, I don't know. There's this like scene where they're like all these, the guys that she lives with and this girl that one of them's like sleeping with that night or like all around the table. And they're like just chatting and chatting it up, you know? Yeah. And the casualness of it and like how open people are like about their personal lives and stuff like that. I was like, okay, yeah, I really relate to that. And everyone has this like interesting job. It's like, you're not, you're not just like working in like, I don't, I don't want to say anything and to offend anyone. But, like, you're not like, everyone has this interesting job, like writing for SNL or like somehow yeah. like making ends meet. And you're like very aware of people's financial situations. Oh, like yeah. the way you are in Francis Ha, you mm-hmm. know, like you're very, you know how much money everyone makes, or at least like yeah. a range of what people makes. So some of that stuff. Yeah, definitely. I related to, and there's some good subway like <laughs> drunken subway nights that they portray that I'm yeah. like, oh, I love that. It's Aww. so like realistic <laughs> and stuff like that. But yeah, I will say it it definitely does you can see you can tell that someone who loves New York is like filming these shots. They it's not some LA person like filming a New York movie. <laughs> yeah, like their idea of what New York is, but it's totally wrong or something. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's so cool. Something I think is interesting is that Francis is from Sacramento in this film. Yes. Like and that's where, else. yes, like exactly <laughs> like Greta and exactly like the star of Lady Bird. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that she, her real self, like, I don't know this, but I feel like her real self is definitely portrayed in this a little bit. Yeah. And, and I've heard, um, I don't know, this is just things I've heard in other podcasts and I don't know what their sources are. So, <laughs> but, um, I've, you know, Noah Baumbach has a tendency in his movies to make them somewhat autobiographical or um, based on something he's experienced or know somebody who has. And I've heard that Francis Ha is also like in a way about him falling in love with Greta Gerwig. And I love that. I know. I'm like, I believe that that's true, but that makes a lot of sense too. And, And also like, yeah, like you said, it makes it fit together that, Greta very much is Francis and like that I I read somewhere that when they were writing it and they wrote the character that she initially was like not even thinking of herself to play it which seems so kind of (laughs) ridiculous at this point like of course it's you but um I thought that was really cute (laughs) that is interesting because I feel like a lot of Noah Baumbach's other films like The Squid and the Whale and Mm -hmm. Uh, marriage story are almost more family oriented based yeah and this one's a bit more like individual yeah like going through life based and it's kind of different from his other things like I think his other his other movies have like a lot of moving parts and a lot of different characters complicated characters that you're getting into and this one's kind of mainly Francis, you know. Yeah. But I could That's totally so see him being all about like this being about how he fell in love with Greta. I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It makes sense. It does. <laughs> That's such a good point though. I hadn't thought about that before, like the difference between what his other movies center around and cuz yeah, I can't even at least off the top of my head, like think of another one that's kind of about a soul person's and granted, I have not seen all of his movies, but I can't yeah. think of another one that's like just focused on one person like that. Yeah. Um, and like her orbit, which is really cool. <laughs> that's cool. I hadn't really thought about it either, honestly. Yeah. Have have you seen the Meyerowitz stories? Um no. I there's like kind of other movie I always get that mixed. Is that Adam Sandler? Am I crazy? No. Uh, ben Stiller? No, Ben Stiller. Okay. <laughs> yes, no, wait, I'm crazy. Adam, no, Adam Sandler is in it too. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I've not. Have you? Yes. I. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. Yes. If it's on Netflix, I'm totally down. I've been spending too yeah. much money renting, which I mean, yes, I want to support filmmakers in this time, but <laughs> I need I'm to get a- back on the free the stuff I'm already paying for. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear about your, what you've been watching recently. Oh gosh. Actually, yeah, I have so many things. I had to narrow it down. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for that part, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just have to say one more thing about this movie. I have never related to a character, <laughs> a character more. This is, like, ridiculous. But there's, like, a whole scene when Francis is sitting on the couch with Benji, the roommate that, like, ends up having a crush on her. And they're just, yeah. like, watching a movie and just, like, sitting there silent watching the movie. And she just goes... I wish we had cookies. I wish we had chessmen. Like I, I cannot tell. You, probably like fifty percent of the what time. Wait, what is chessmen? 
Chessmen are like those buttery Christmas cookies. They're just like little shortbread cookies, but they have like debossed like um, little images on them. Kind of like, kind of like they look like little playing cards. They're like rectangle. Oh, I've never even heard of those. Oh my gosh, they're so good. But they only ever come out at Christmas, which is ludicrous. But (laughs) they're so good. But her just like sitting there saying that, I was like, I say that like 50% at least. Every time I'm watching a movie, I'll like say out loud about some snack that I wish that I had without anybody asking or speaking to me. So I was like, I think I literally... The first time I watched this, I watched it alone, and I recorded that scene and sent it to my husband, and I was like, who does this remind you of? (laughs) But anyway, it's just, it's such like, all that joking aside, I think you really can see yourself in her, especially people our age, (laughs) in this kind of phase of life. and Yeah. yeah. And women. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I haven't seen Greta act in anything else. I think the one performance of hers that rivals this one for me, but she's not the star of it, but I really love her in um, 20th Century Women. If you ever see that, I think it's on Netflix. You love that movie. You like that movie a lot, Yes. I actually just posted about it today on my (laughs) Instagram. (laughs) I've had it on the mind, but um, yeah, that's a really good movie. And I think it's still on Netflix. It was for a while, but... Um, I love her performance in that movie and she's this really badass like short pixie cut that's like bright pink and every time I watch that movie I'm like I should do this with my hair like I should do this but I definitely should not I know that I couldn't pull it off but um, there's a time to do it it's now right (laughs) yeah exactly I'll have time potentially to let it grow out and (laughs) if I change my mind (laughs) but I think that movie is set in um it's the late 70s um, but yeah, it's really good. It's just, it's very in Greta Gerwig universe, even though she didn't write, direct, or even star in it, but she's really good in it. <laughs> That's like, it depends which one I've watched more recently, this or Frances Ha. That is like my favorite performance yeah. of her. <laughs> uh, I need to watch that one. Yeah, it's really good. The first time I saw it, I was in a plane that I literally thought was going to crash. So it was kind of traumatizing. So I rewatched it. <laughs> And you liked it better the second time. I did. Yeah, it's a lot more in a calm place, but that's a story for a different day. Oh, man. Should we move on to Lady Bird? Yeah. Do do that one next? Yeah, let's do it. It's so weird. Like, Lady Bird is super recent, too. It came out in 2017 or late 2016, something like that. But every time I stop and remember that she's only actually solo directed two movies i'm in (laughs) shock over it (laughs) it, for some reason it feels like she must have this extensive list of movies that she's done um but but yeah this movie uh it was nominated for best picture that year she was nominated for best director which like i don't know still don't know how that didn't repeat last year um but yeah, yeah i love this movie i think this is of the two, it's a very tight race, but this is my favorite movie that she's directed. Oh, you like Lady Bird better than, like, you would, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going off of your facial cues. I'm like... <laughs> yes, I'm nodding. Yes. I, I mean, it's super close. I love them both so much. But I think what makes Lady Bird win is just that, like, she wrote it. And, like, I mean, Little Women, she... 
obviously she didn't write Little Women, but she basically, like what she did with that movie that was so innovative, I still think of it as like she wrote Little Women too. But yeah. I think because Lady Bird is an original story and I, similar to Frances Ha, but probably even more so in Lady Bird, like I just relate to it so much and um, it makes me cry a lot. And <laughs> I mean, yeah. so does, that's a crazy reason though, because so does Little Women and Frances Ha. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think I think that Lady Bird is my favorite one. Yeah, it's tough. It's like you can't lose. <laughs> yeah, you really can't. I rewatch. I I was telling you this earlier, but I rewatched this film with my mom recently, and she did really like it. But it was pretty awkward. I forgot about some of the the promiscuous scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I kind of did too. And I forgot that this is like I forgot that. Timothy Chalamet is in this. I always forget he's in this, which is saying something because <laughs> like Timothy I hate, Chalamet. I hate, I hate who he plays, but he's in it. But yes. sorry, I thought you were about to say you hated him. And I was like, wait a second. We're going to have to <laughs> pause the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I literally said the same thing after I rewatched this the other day. I was like, oh, I forgot he was in this, which like everything he's in, he steals. So it's like. I feel like it says a lot to the other performances and just the story that he's just like this side character. But yeah, yeah. like a really douchey character. <laughs> but a, a douchey guy that we've all known and had a crush on at some point in our lives. <laughs> fallen fallen in love with, air quote. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like her crush on him is hilarious. <laughs> and like how her life at that time, like kind of like, like I don't know is rotating around like the guy that she likes at that time like that felt so like familiar to me in high school like yes <laughs> like your surroundings changed by who you're trying to impress or who you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah like even yeah. her friend group changes yeah. and <laughs> there's like that whole part where they show her cross out her first boyfriend's name <laughs> on the wall and then write this guy's name Kyle I think it is underneath it and I was like oh my goodness this is so perfect like <laughs> yeah it is just like perfect. in the details <laughs> um one thing that's kind of funny though is I was watching Vogue does a really funny like 73 questions video with Greta Gerwig oh yeah and one of the questions they asked they're like are you trying to hook up Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm like are you like <laughs> like really the world little women yeah little women <laughs> lady bird is Saoirse Ronan in the French dispatch she is yeah she's in that wow. too <laughs> I call it I call it right now I'm gonna call it right now six the months ship from is now happening. <laughs> they are gonna be FBO as the young kids say <laughs> as the young kids say <laughs> I yeah, it's like and it's funny too because they I've read and heard in multiple places that the two of them especially when Little Women was coming out, a lot of things were saying how their real relationship is very like Joe Lori similar, that they're like best friends and are super close with each other and I was like, Oh, yeah, like <laughs> maybe maybe a few more years or six months like you said, but Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's there's gotta be something. Greta Gerwig um, in an interview was talking about how she kind of 
strives to take like the Wes Anderson approach and eventually have like a troop of actors who are like kind of always in her movies. Like, I like you know, that. Yeah. And I was like, that fits her style. And like, there might be some new people in some of the films, but like, there's still like this core group of actors who you see pop up time and time again. So at least for now, that's her reasoning for always having Timothy and Trisha together. <laughs> But we'll see what happens in the future. I don't know how they're going to be worked into the Barbie movie, but I think adding Margot Robbie to your troupe is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If Timothy Chalamet is in Barbie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh man. I can't wait for that movie just because I can't even picture what it will be like. Like, <laughs> it's going to be so perfect. But what I'm curious, like, I mean, this is a tangent, but I'm like, Will they consider it adapted, even though it's it's like <laughs> like original, but it Barbie is like an adaptation from real life? Like, yeah, like what if they they say it's like adapted in one of the like Barbie animated movies or something? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't know. The rules <laughs> between like adapted and original are always kind of foggy to me. <laughs> Yeah. Except for, I guess, in the case when you literally, like, pulled it out of thin air, then it's original, but... <laughs> yeah. I know. I love how we're already assuming that it's, like, we need to figure this out because it's going to be in the Oscar conversations. <laughs> but not 2020, right? It'll be 2021? Yes. Yeah. I I feel like it must be because... Yeah, I wonder if it's even been updated, but I think I think when they first announced it, it was 2021. I'm not going to lie, like, later. I feel like it's going to be complicated subject matter. You know, like, I think, I don't know, I think Barbie has been kind of like this, oh, now it's saying 2022 on Letterboxd, <gasps> but anyways. Okay. <laughs> uh, Barbie has been like this, I don't know, like, very, now I'm on a tangent, but. <laughs> <laughs> I love this tangent. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's. Like, as far as, like, feminism and, like, how we view women, Barbie mm-hmm. has been under the microscope many times for, yeah. like, what we're teaching our kids and stuff like that. So I feel like she's going to have this really interesting twist to it. Yeah. But I feel like it's very, like, I would I would be nervous if I was a director handling this film because yes. I think there's a lot, of, a lot of toes to be stepped on. Especially yeah. when you're using the name Barbie. Like <laughs> Exactly. Like that's a, a mega company and just like a presence that's been out there for decades. I don't even know how long. Like, yeah. But I think you're right. Like, especially with, because I think, is it Greta and Noah co-directing? Is that what they keep saying? Or I couldn't remember if it was like one of them was writing, one was directing or how they were doing it. I'm but, seeing... Noah's a writer, Greta's fully directing. Okay, yeah. But I mean, no matter the combination, it's like to be in their wheelhouse, it's got to tackle some more serious subjects, even if it's like with a comedic face. But in in Margot Robbie too, like I love what she's starting to do with her career where she's like um, making her own production company and advocating for women to be in charge and on every film she makes and Shout out to Harley Quinn, the underrated movie that came out earlier this year. <laughs> but <laughs> um, So yeah, I'm super interested to see what the three of them together do, just knowing what they stand for. and But yeah, doing it through Barbie, like you said, feels very risky, but I feel like they could pull it off. 
they the I, I do want to kind of read this description yeah. of the movie. It says a doll living in Barbie land is expelled for not being perfect enough and sets off mm. an adventure in the real world. A live action live action wow <laughs> feature film based on popular line of Barbie toys. <laughs> based on popular line in case you didn't know what a Barbie. <laughs> But they maybe have to clarify that because some people might be like, oh, it's it's called Barbie, but we don't actually know if it's the, the toy. <laughs> we should take our children to see it. Right. Oh, man. Just that whole premise of her getting expelled because she's not perfect enough. It makes me like emotional. <laughs> it's going to be good. No doubt about it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a podcast episode on that in 2022. Yeah. I'm going to take a guess that maybe Margot Robbie's playing Barbie. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it's not like she looks at all like her. (laughs) Or Timothy Chalamet. They're both beautiful. Honestly, it could be either one. He could play. What's Barbie's like best friend's name? I can't even remember. Skipper. Skipper. (laughs) Advocating for Timothy Chalamet casting as Skipper. (laughs) oh man such such pretty people in that yeah it's gonna be good wow we didn't even talk about lady bird i know this is a great tangent though it's anything greta gerwig is up for grabs in this episode oh man yeah lady bird is just i it's like hard to talk about because i'm like is it just that i love it because it feels so like personal to me is like this I mean, not, I mean, I know it's personal to other people, but it's like, I know why I love it is because it's like being a 90s kid and like, I was in high school in the early 2000s, like not going to, into college like she was, but like, just, it felt super nostalgic and just the relationship between her and her mom, I think is just like portrayed so wonderfully, even though there's so much going on there. And that's not the relationship I had with my mom, but I am pretty close to her. So I, I feel like that makes me plug into it. But it's also just like every time I watch it, I forget how funny it is. It's like yeah. I was laughing so much this last time and I was like, did I laugh this much the other times? But <laughs> probably. <Yeah. laughs> there's a really good quote speaking about her mom. Like, I think her mom plays this wonderful character in this. But there's like a quote in the movie where he's like, your mom's incredibly like soft, but intense at the same time. Yeah. And I just thought that was such a good depiction of like a mother's love, like being tough on their children or like having high expectations for them, but also being this like nurturing, caring person. But totally. That is such a good part. And I, I also, like, really relate to that teenage girl who, like, wants to be called Ladybird instead of the name that our yes. parents gave her. <laughs> She's like, call me Ladybird like you said you would. <laughs> like, I love that part. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And yes, can we? Because, like, right after that is, like, the opening of this movie is so great when, like, they're in the car and they <laughs> and it goes so quickly, like, at the speed of light, it goes from them crying together over listening to a Grapes of Wrath audiobook to like two seconds later they're fighting and she's yelling at her for not calling her Ladybird and she literally jumps out of the moving car. <laughs> it just feels like that ridiculous like 
teen dramatics that now being on the other side of it, it's like nothing but hilarious. Yeah. But it's like, I know I pulled, tried to pull some pretty uh, insane stunts in my teenage years. That's so funny. That scene is so good. I know that we've talked about doing an Enneagram episode. Oh, yeah. At one point. But like, I see her so as like this Enneagram four. trying to make her life this like as dramatic as possible and yes it's almost like she lives on a stage and not not real life and it exactly it's it's so perfect oh my god she's always putting on a performance yeah (laughs) speaking of which that oh my gosh Saoirse Ronan is just so perfect she's so good in everything but you saying that reminded me of the scene when she's doing her audition for the musical it's like hilarious because she thinks she's like being so sincere but it's just like (laughs) it's so cringy I'm just laughing I can't even talk about it yeah (laughs) so good because I knew people like that too in high school we thought they were like the most amazing theater performer and just put their whole heart into everything but (laughs) I'm not gonna lie this was me in like high school in my early 20s like like... Like, everything was a performance. Like, heartbreak, <laughs> failed a test, whatever it was. So, yeah, I, I love that part about it. But yeah. Something that's interesting is, like, Saoirse Ronan is, she's Irish. Yes. <laughs> Which I always forget until I hear her talk in, like, an interview scenario or something. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you sound like a, a normal English accent to me. You know what I mean? Like Right. She, She's so good at it. Yeah, she's so good at it. It's amazing. (laughs) Like, you really nailed that, like, angsty, stuck-up teenager to, like, American American teenager, I mean. (laughs) Right, should we talk about Little Women? Yes, let's do it. I heard someone describe it once as a stone-cold masterpiece, and true oh my gosh who said that I love that it was I think it was somebody on um plug for the ringer but on the big picture podcast which is a good one um I need to start listening to that again I know I'm behind on every podcast I don't I'm just like everything's out of whack everything I used to do which some of that I think is for the best but yeah yeah, me too (laughs) yeah but it is pretty much a stone cold masterpiece One thing I love that she said about it in our interviews is, like, people are like, oh, like, when you were, I know that you didn't write Little Women, but, like, she was like, she was like, but I I approach every adapted screenplay that I do as, like, I am writing it. Like, I'm putting my own heart and soul into it. And I think she really did do that with this. Yes. Something I learned, actually, just, like, today, listening to some, an interview with her was that. I didn't realize she she was like a few drafts into Little Women before she even wrote or before she even directed Lady Bird, which like I thought was super Whoa, interesting. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Right. So that was like 2014. Yeah, it was something. It was like way before. And it's so interesting because it's like, oh, we think of Greta Gerwig's like career arc is like, oh, she had such success with Lady Bird. So that's like part of the reason why she got to direct Little Women, which is true. But it's like, I think it's just so amazing that even to hear her tell it, she put it out into the universe that she wanted to like 
at least write if not write and direct that movie so she just like started on it on her own and like (laughs) and then created her first masterpiece and then came back to little women and then did what she did yeah (laughs) it was really cool (laughs) that is really cool and i feel like you have to be pretty like you have to be a big deal to get little women i feel like you know so (laughs) yeah it's such a beloved thing and i feel like a studio wouldn't like they really have to trust the person whose hands they put it into because there's been like countless adaptations of it so it's like if they're gonna do it again and still try and make something good and make money off of it like <laughs> i feel like it's a huge deal to- what studio was it i should have looked at that but um oh gosh I is it too. sony yeah, yeah i think it's sony that sounds right i was gonna say it's one of the big ones oh yep it is sony yeah so that's like a big deal. Lady Bird was A24, which to us is like the biggest. <laughs> it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that's like the big deal. But <laughs> Sony, like for real, for real, is <laughs> a big wow. thing to be chosen for. Yeah. I'm like just floored by I still can't believe she wasn't nominated for Best Director for this. But <laughs> I know I've said that so many times on this podcast. <laughs> I, I want to tell you something, but I don't want you to be upset. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I promise I won't be. (laughs) This is a thought I had earlier because I was like doing some research, you know, like looking up her old stuff. And I was like, I just had completely went oblivious to the fact that Little Women is her second film. Right. Yeah. This only two. (laughs) And I was like, okay, maybe it's it's not okay. She should have been she should have been nominated. (laughs) But I was like, maybe it's okay. That Little Women didn't come out with, like, some big award. <laughs> yeah. And this is this is me, like, <laughs> months later after a pandemic or during a pandemic. So yes. don't judge yeah. me for what I'm saying three months from now. <laughs> but I'm like, she, she, she has a lot going. Like, she has a lot. Yes. Of, like, she's going to do so much, I feel like. It's so true. Yeah. And... At the end of the day, like, I even remember, like, yes, still a travesty, but you're right. It's only the second movie. Like, even like I said earlier, I kind of forgot that until kind of wrapping my head around talking about her career. But Little Women, it was still nominated for Best Picture, which is, like, a huge deal. Um, And some of the actors got nominated. And I think just for a movie that's been done so many times to still get so much recognition like it did it's still saying a huge thing even when they were announcing like early on before we even knew who the real nominees were but like all the awards buzz was starting I remember thinking like I almost worry if the film gets too much recognition that it will take away from it you know like but even so I still would in that case would have wanted it flipped where like she at least was still nominated for best director, even if it didn't get best picture, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're right. She's going to be just fine. We believe in her. And <laughs> cause it was nominated for best picture, right? Yeah. Still weird to me how you can have a film in best picture, but not be nominated for best. Director. Right. Exactly. Still doesn't make any sense, but for her, she's only made two movies on her own and They've both been nominated and they were back to back. It's like, okay, some directors have been nominated more than once, but not usually like year, like the next immediate movie. Like, yeah, that's pretty mind blowing. (laughs) 
And she, like, not to say that Little Women is, like, more eloquent or anything from Lady Bird, but it's, it definitely, you're approaching, like, a huge audience there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, that is, like, for your second movie, that's pretty impressive. But, like, <laughs> or, like, your second widely, I don't know, widely known and watched movie. Like, that in your with Sony Pictures, like, wow. Like, that is crazy to me. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I heard this really great quote from her just kind of on the subject of, like, getting chosen by Sony Pictures to even remake this thing that's been done so many times. Like, because people kept asking the question, like, why do we need this? Why do we need another iteration of Little Women? And she was like, she said, you have to will it into existence. Like, no one knows they need it until they know they need it, which is, like, usually after they've received it. (laughs) And I feel like that was so true in this case. She was like, I have something important to say about this. Like, certain things about this movie have never been portrayed before, and I think I could do it. Like, and I feel like what she said was so true, because after I watched it, I was like, and I love the 1994 version, like, the Winona Ryder one, and I was like, it's before I was like, it's cool if the Greta one's not as good because I still have this, you know, but (laughs) watching the new one, I was like, oh yes, I did need this. Like I needed to see it this way. Um, and like these ways that are a little more true to the book and that don't shy away from some of the things that Louisa May Alcott stood for. Like I thought it was just really, really cool. She did so much research into her as well. Like Louisa May Alcott, like like I was listening, like she had like read all her journals that are like available. Right. <laughs> and she was like, if you could, ask, one of the questions on that Vogue uh, interview is like, if you could ask her one thing, what would it be? And she was like, she was like, I'd ask her all that stuff that she crossed out of her journal. Like, oh. <laughs> Something <laughs> happened. Yeah. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. Just hearing her talk about Louisa May Alcott with all this reverence is so... <laughs> it's so amazing like you can tell she just like adores her and gushes over her and like there was nothing shallow about what she was trying to like pull out to put on screen one thing I didn't realize too was that I don't know if it was from one of her journals or another she said it was from another Louisa May Alcott book but that whole speech that Joe gives like to Marmee toward the end when like the one that was in the trailers I was like I'm so sick of people saying love is all that a woman is fit for etc etc that that actually is not even from little women that's from it's from louisa may alcott but something else that she wrote and like oh my she gosh just, i love that right and so she yeah. just took that whole like that whole section and she put it into little women and she did greta made the choice to add on the part at the end where she says but i'm so lonely because she was like really trying to be like okay but let me put myself into Joe's shoes. Like, this is a multifaceted situation. She can still believe all these things she believes about women, but, like, want companionship or be still trying to figure out, like, why she's feeling alone, you know? And I just thought that was really cool. And, like, you – I think – I've even read the book, but I was like, sure, that's in it. Like, <laughs> I was yeah. like, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You need to send me that interview. That's so good. Yeah, I'll send it to you. It was, like – it was a really good interview. I, it was a bunch of things that I'd never <laughs> – and all my time spent listening to Greta Gerwig talk. I hadn't learned a lot of those things before. <laughs> that's so cool. I love that. Do you want to move on from Little Women to what we've been watching recently and then what's up next on our watch list? Sounds good to me. Um, the last few weeks have really picked up my uh, 
streaming watching of movies in a big way. I don't know why, but I have been. (laughs) Um, But the things that made the biggest impact on me were that I've, for the first time, been watching all the Indiana Jones movies. And when I say all, I mean the first three, because a lot of people say the fourth one that's more recent doesn't really count. Um, But I haven't seen it. (laughs) Um, But I really loved the first three, and they were a lot of fun. Um, And then besides that, I've been watching... Um, a lot of Terrence Malick movies, kind of first foray into his world. And one that's really stuck with me that I loved was um, Tree of Life. I just felt like it was so beautiful and I could relate to it a lot. So I've been getting inspired in a lot of different ways because <laughs> those two movie categories are not really very similar. <laughs> Wait, how many, uh, how many, oh my gosh, <laughs> how many are there of the um, Indiana Jones movies? I think there's four, and then they're actually making a fifth one in, like, a couple of years. So, you know, Harrison Ford still getting out there. (laughs) But as of now, there's only four. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those, so I really need to take some time to watch those classics at one point. But Yeah, they're all on Netflix. It's it's an easy rabbit hole to go down. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well... Things that I am looking forward to watching and watching right now. Um, recently, I watched Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? So, oh yeah, I am planning on watching some more Coen Brothers movies. So, nice. Next on my list is uh, No Country for Old Men. Also, The Big Lebowski, which I haven't seen either. So, oh nice. Yeah, both of those, and then also Sixth Sense, a movie that I watched recently that. I can't believe it's taken me this long to watch is um, Call Me By Your Name. And you had told me about this movie and that you really liked it. And I loved it. Honestly, I think it might be one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Or at least like, I think it's the, definitely the my favorite movie that I've seen or watched this year. Um, I loved it. I thought little Timmy was absolutely <laughs> phenomenal in it. And that last scene is amazing of him. So I'm excited to see more and more of him. Also, I've been like toying with seeing The King, which I know that you oh, like. Yeah, I did. Just to watch more Timmy, Timmy films. <laughs> hey, that's as good as an excuse as any. Um, yeah, I was in kind of in the minority, I think, with liking The King. I mean, it's kind of gotten lukewarm reception, but um, I'm just kind of a sucker for period films anyway, but... I thought his performance for sure, like regardless of how you feel about the rest of the movie, I thought he really killed it. And some people say carried the film on his back, but it was still interesting to see him in a a different role like that. And French Robert Pattinson is also just good for a laugh. So I would recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. With all this time, I might go ahead and watch that as well since it's it's on Netflix, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it'd be super easy to watch. Yeah. I mean, why not? Can't be all bad. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess that's all we have today. Yep. I think that's it. That was fun. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening. 